heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, surely everybody has heard of Sun Tzu, uh, the art of war, and you know, 2,500 years ago or so, right? Not, not exactly in our lifetime, but uh, you know, big lesson: know your enemy, know your enemy. And what does that really mean? Well, in a case of uh, COVID-19 from the coronavirus, uh, we we know the enemy is exactly that: the coronavirus. And the more we know about it, uh, the more we're positioned to have success with it. Uh, we've been bringing these Q&As right along now. Uh, today's a, a very special one. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and it's because of the expertise on the program here. Uh, and I'm delighted to uh, to have today's program. Now, we're going to do something a little different today. Uh, this is, you know, again, about uh, COVID-19, of course, but it's also about the relationship to ourselves. Which, which is really where this whole thing becomes a big story and why it becomes the problem that it is. We're going to get into uh, many questions we have specific to the spike protein and the cells. Uh, so we'll have some of those a little bit later in the program. This is going to be very educational. I think you'll enjoy uh, the information we'll get uh, from this. Let me tell you who will be on. You'll know, of course, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough is here. He's an academic internist, cardiologist, and epidemiologist from Dallas, Texas. Uh, Dr. McCullough is considered among the world's top experts on COVID-19 pandemic response. And uh, you all know that, of course, uh, our audience does. Uh, join us today, very unique. Uh, we have Dr. Vincent Giampapa is here as well. And he's a cellular agent expert and an anti-agent pioneer. He's a Nobel Prize nominee for groundbreaking research on, well, cellular restoration technology. So you see how we've got that set up. I think it's going to be quite fascinating, actually. Now, you know, as many of you know out there, I had COVID myself. My wife had COVID. You know, you know, you, you probably know a little bit of our story. Uh, one of the things I, I want to touch on is uh, opening this up is how differently it impacts somebody. Uh, and, you know, there's this point of contact when you get this where you almost like, you know, and of course, you don't want to hold your breath because you need your breath. But in this case, it's like, OK, how is this going to impact my body? And for me and my own family, my wife and me, it impacted us totally different. Uh, my wife ended up in the ICU uh, for uh, 10 days and uh, was close to being put on a ventilator. Uh, and we did all the steps, but it, she had a compromised immune system because of a recent car accident just weeks before that, to put this in a nutshell. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, when, when this, uh, the spike protein is, is wreaking havoc on your body, and I think back to when that was happening to me, and I remember the shortness of breath and the problems I had, and I thought, and it really is a scary moment. And some of you out there know what I'm talking about and others who haven't had it don't know, but it's a scary moment because you don't know that full impact into your body, what's going to happen. Uh, so I, I get what's really going on now with the spike protein. And so what happens is the coronavirus latches its uh, spiky surface proteins, if you will, to the receptors on your cells, but specifically the healthy cells. You see, that's what it's going after. Now, 
from what I understand on this, it's especially those in the lungs. That's what it's going after the uh, deep in the lungs and then on the upper respiratory as well. Once, once it's in there, this coronavirus hijacks the healthy cells and takes command and starts to multiply. Uh, and eventually it kills many of the healthy cells. And this is where the danger is in all of this. So, you know, I want to start and talk about that. And uh, what are some of the steps we can and should be taken on a regular basis that will help make these attacks less severe? And we've talked about some of that up front. But let me start with Dr. Peter McCullough. And uh, as I say, we, we all get to that point where we don't know how it's going to impact our bodies. And I remember that for me personally when I, it was a little short of breath and you went through it as well, COVID. You had the same experience, similar experience? I did, Malcolm. Thanks for having me on the program. And it's really a delight to be on with Dr. GM Papa, who I can tell you, he is an expert in anti-aging and cellular molecular biology. And it's a real treat to have him on the program and to be on the other side of the microphone with you. You're right. Uh, as we developed COVID-19, Dr. Robert Malone showed in the November 6 Ocala COVID-19 summit, he showed in, in clearly, in clear data and graphical form, the virus in a sense is like its own needle. And the needle of the virus is the spike protein. It inserts into the ACE2 receptor, just like a needle would insert into the skin. And then it, with the furin cleavage joint, uh, basically uh, allows the virus to, in a sense, cleave that S1 segment into the ACE receptor and then inject the viral contents into the cell. It's almost as if the virus is its own syringe and the spike protein is the needle and it injects itself into cells. Dr. Jim Papa, why does it impact everybody differently when we talk about how it attacks that? Uh, why, you know, like for me, it was different. My wife's there and everybody, it's a different impact. How, talk about that a moment. So what happens is basically in, in young people, people, young people who are less susceptible to this virus um, have a, more, a much stronger innate immune system. There are levels of some of the key things that can um, decrease the incidence of an, a cellular infection have to do with levels of vitamin D, K, um, even melatonin levels. All of these things can help decrease the chance of that of the SARS virus infecting the cell or the severity. One of the most important things in, um, as we age in the older population is we lose the impact of one of the most important immune defenses against viruses, which is our NK cells. And the, and the NK cells actually have unique abilities to not only, um, if you will, eat up bacteria, but actually destroy viruses. Um, we, and these, this is one of the key things that happens as we age, those cells themselves become less efficient and particularly to protect us against viruses, the loss of the NK cell function, um, is what I think one of the most important things that predisposes us to, um, the infection itself, um, as we get older. The other things that really impact virus, um, replication has to do with increased levels of inflammation. Um, as we get older, uh, another issue and our inability for our cells to um, destroy viruses through a process called apoptosis. That's, that is when a cell gets infected with a virus. We have an innate genetic program that can actually um, cause the cell to rupture and therefore kill the virus. But mm -hmm. these are things that we lose the ability to use efficiently as we get older. Okay. All right. Now, it, it, you know, it's ironic you're talking about the NK cells. I was just looking this up here today, in fact, 
you know, the, the cells of the immune system, the T cells, the B cells, and the NK yep. cells. And these are all the types of white blood cells that just on that, in fact, studying this more to understand uh, these, you know, the major proteins of the immune system and uh, the, the, the problems, the proteins and the antibodies. Uh, now, when you talk about the NK cells, they're very interesting, and I've learned something new here, but why, again, does, does the impact of that person different than the next person? So one of the, I think one of the things we've learned and when we've delved deeper into the cellular aging process is our stem cells are one of the major sources of NK cell production and NK cell function, particularly our hematopoietic stem cells. You know, we're all born with a fixed number of stem cells, um, hematopoietic stem cells, which create our immune function endothelial progenitor cells, which again are involved with the COVID infection, which help maintain and restore blood vessels. And lastly, our mesenchymal stem cells, which are the regenerative potential. I mean, when we're speaking about COVID and virus infections in general, you know, every decade, every year we live, we lose the number and function of hematopoietic stem cells, which are a source of immune function particularly NK cell component, which is our big defense against virus and viral infections. So the loss of stem cell numbers and function, which means a decrease in NK cell function, is one of the predisposing factors um, as people get older. The spike protein itself, Dr. McCullough, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people question the fact that, you know, it's not just the, the coronavirus itself, but the vaccines as well. And there's a lot of questions about that spike protein and the way it's coming through the vaccines and the fact that it's kind of hanging in your body. It's, and that's part of the problem why I, I'm guessing, I don't really know, but I'll ask you, is that the reason long COVID has become that syndrome of where this thing lingers on and on and on? Is that part of the problem? We don't, we don't get rid of that, that spike protein problem. Is that it? It's the leading hypothesis now. And this week's issue of the McCullough Report, I have a, a privilege of interviewing Dr. Bruce Patterson. He was the first to uh, make this discovery that the S1 segment of the protein was discoverable in human monocytes. It was recoverable in CD16 human monocytes 15 months after respiratory infection. And we know the respiratory infection, there's probably less spike protein in the body than the vaccines. And we know that because the antibodies against the spike protein with the vaccines are sky high initially compared to the respiratory infection. So the great concern here, Malcolm, is that with each injection of a COVID-19 vaccine, the body is now loaded with the Wuhan wild type spike protein. It distributes all through the body, through the uh, critical organs, the heart, the brain, elsewhere in the body, the bone marrow. And then, then the human body spends more than a year trying to clean it up and get out. And as Dr. G.M. Papa says, that process of cleanup involves something called autophagy, uh, which is the ability of the cell uh, to, in a sense, kind of contract on itself and, clean, and do some cleanup as the cell itself dies. Uh, but the, I asked Dr. Patterson this directly. I said, how in the world is this spike protein lasting in the human body? He says it's very similar to remnants of the um, Lyme disease uh, organism, uh, uh, Borrelia burgdorferi, where there are some remnants. The bacteria is dead, but the remnants are there in the body for a long time. That's the reason why patients after Lyme disease feel so bad for so long. Is there a way, Dr. McCullough, with, with this spike protein, uh, based on everything we now know and the fact that it is staying in our bodies, uh, and those who are having the longer impacts, what's the future for like 
how do we get that to move on? How do we get that spike protein out of our cells? Out of I mean, is it are we doomed at that point? If it's let's say it's in there a, a couple of years later, what what's the ramifications of that? Now, fortunately, with the respiratory infection, it's one and done. You get the infection one time, you don't get it again. So you have one exposure to the spike protein and hopefully never get uh, any additional spike protein in the body and the body will clear it out. Dr. Giampapa can pick up on this with respect Mm. to the importance of uh, micronutrients and um, diet and and the other important parts of of, uh, basically cellular health. But I have to tell you with the vaccine now, the plan is, let's say for immunocompromised, shot one, a month later, shot two, a month later, shot three, Malcolm, and then at six months, a fourth shot. And I was on Australian uh, podcasting this week, and I learned that Australia as a a country ahead of others with respect to COVID-19 vaccine has pre-purchased now 14 doses per person. So they expect that someone's going to get a shot every six months for seven years. I can't imagine how the body could ever catch up and clear out that spike protein. Yeah. You know, uh, and a lot of Australians listen to the broadcast right now. And I, I, I mean, you, you folks in Australia have been through so much and we talk about about every Q&A. And my heart goes out to you all. Dr. Giampapa, let's talk about what he, uh, this is important. This is big, what we're speaking about right now. And the fact that specifically the Australians that Dr. McCullough was talking about, come come on, let's, let's, I mean, the fact that they're having all of these vaccines on top of the vaccines, the vaccine, and ding, 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 ding. I mean, they'll never get rid of the spike protein. Yeah. Well, you know, I have, I'll answer that question, but I'd like to just make a comment on my real concerns here. You know, there's been a recent publication that shows the um, spike protein and the antibody to spike protein actually inhibits the the, uh, body's ability to make telomerase. And this is could be one of the major concerns I have because telomerase is produced by our stem cells, by our testes and our ovaries. And by inhibiting the production of um, telomerase, what we do in our stem cell pool is this does not allow our stem cells to make copies of themselves so that the whole host of our immune function, our blood vessel health, our regenerative potential over time is going to be dramatically reduced. And basically, our number and function of stem cells are going to decrease dramatically. Now, the impact of this is without a sufficient and functioning stem cell pool, we will die quicker. We will get more infections we will not be able to repair and restore damage, the daily damage that occurs with the aging process. So that's one of the big things. Basically, people who are older will um, not have the capacity to stay healthy longer. When we look at a younger group of of people with lack of telomerase, that means our uh, testes and our over, our, uh, the ovaries in females will not be able to be functioning ideally as long as they should. So this opens up another whole ramification of what's going to happen to both young people and to old people. So it's a concern. Now, there are ways to help stimulate uh, telomerase, um, and that could be done through lifestyle alterations, certain uh, herbal plant uh, extracts like astragalus, uh, four extract, um, a number of other natural compounds can actually help with enhancing telomerase levels. But that's one of my big concerns um, in the long run for humanity in general. But the other things that can be done are things like supplemental things that help with the genetic machinery inside each one of the 100 trillion cells in our body, including our stem cells. 
um, vitamin D3, uh, K, uh, vitamin K2, magnesium, all help with enhanced immune function. And melatonin, most people look at melatonin as a sleep med, but frankly, melatonin, especially in high doses, there's been a number of uh, articles that have documented it can dramatically decrease the incidence of COVID infection and COVID positivity tests by anywhere from 26 to 56% just by taking higher doses of melatonin, um, some of this intravenously and even some of this orally. But in general, our cells, um, as we age, need more and more of these specific nutrients due to poor GI impact and poor GI effect, lack of the appropriate uh, gut biome. And so there's a number of things that can be done along with vitamin D3, vitamin K2, uh, magnesium, melatonin, and particularly in the older population where we start to produce more of these uh, senescent cells. Mm -hmm. Quercetin and physetin have recently been reported to decrease the inflammation, which virus, uh, cell, virus particles love to replicate with. So we do have a toolbox, if you will, or an armamentarium of things that are natural occurring compounds to allow our cells to stay healthier longer and fight off what is going to be the, that long COVID post-infection um, impact. Mm. Yeah, there's so much we've learned about uh, the, the cells and the health of them and the lifestyle, which is what I talk to you all out there about all the time, uh, the quality of our life. It's directly attributed to things like we're talking about right now and our, our lifestyle impacts everything. Um, Dr. McCullough, you know, you were talking about, I mean, I... Oh, I mean, my mind is blown with what you shared just a bit ago about the Australians. I, I just can't wrap yeah. my mind around that. And I'm thinking here a minute and within our own governments and our, all the mandates and all the, oh my golly, all the correspondence that we get about people that are just lives are being turned upside down uh, within families, within businesses and their lives and careers. And, you know, and then you see all these mandates and governments that are pushing them on the local and federal levels. And I'm wondering, where's the breaking point on this? Uh, because we now know what we know, and there's nothing good about going and running out and getting these vaccines. There, what, nothing good can uh, come of it from what I'm seeing here. Where's the breaking point on this where these, uh, these uh, entities finally step up to the plate? Will we ever see that day? You know, there was a commercial on TV, it was on the internet of uh, children getting the vaccine and the kids were jumping up and down in their bed and they looked like they were pretending if they were Superman or Spider-Man, almost as if the vaccines gave them superhuman powers and nothing could be further from the truth. As you just stated, everything we've learned about the spike protein is bad in the human body. I just learned from Dr. GM Papa that in fact, telomerase is now inhibited by the spike protein. There are papers showing that the spike protein interacts with two cancer genes. One's called BRCA, the other one's called P53. That's not good. If we have persistent spike protein, it potentially could be oncogenic or promote cancers. Uh, we can go on and on. Um, I can tell you, I am stunned by the reports now that many months after vaccination, the D-dimer is elevated. That's a blood test indicating a tendency towards blood clotting. No wonder people are getting blood clots. I recently had in my clinic, Malcolm, a woman who I've had for 10 years. I've taken care of her perfectly. She's perfectly fine. Six months after 
Johnson & Johnson vaccine, she presents with an acutely thrombosed left arm. Her left arm turned blue. There was no blood flow. She needed emergency thrombolytics and now surgery. Her arm is ruined. She's absolutely distraught over this. And this is six months after the vaccine. I can't imagine shot after shot how much death we'll see. Yeah. And the other thing is, I'm wondering, Dr. McCullers, when will the medical community step up? I mean, that's another thing we haven't really seen so much. Uh, and I, I'm just thinking of that, you know, when, when do more people discover what we're talking about now? This is so significant, so huge. All right. What I'd like to do now is we're going to have, I mean, I've got a lot of great questions from you all out there. I do want to get on because we're going to learn a lot from the answers to these questions in regards to the cells and the spike proteins and specific and tied to the vaccines and that sort of thing. Before I do, I want to ask you, uh, Dr. Giampapa, this is something I, I'm I'm just very, very curious to get your take on this. Uh, I, again, I've been doing a lot of reading on all the things we're talking about, a lot of studying, trying to really understand it right into the, the cells themselves. And, uh, you know, a lot of things that uh, the, the receptors, the NK cells, even what Dr. McCullough was just talking about now. And I, I'm just wondering, I've been hearing a lot more about uh, a, a, um, uh, a nutrient called AC11 out there. And yeah. I've, I've started taking it myself, oh, uh, about I, maybe a month and a half, two months ago or so. Uh, and I'm definitely taking it every day. Uh, but, I, I, but I've heard some great things about this in relationship to what we're talking about now with COVID and all of that. Can you, can you give us a quick uh, a study on that, please? Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, I spent over nine years um, researching and published papers, a number of papers on the impact of uh, this extract um, from a South American vine called Uncariotomentosum. So AC11 is a extract of the specific vine from South America, which has extremely unique uh, properties. Number one, it, it's a, an, a, one of the most potent anti-inflammatories. So it inhibits the origin of the inflammatory cascade NF-kappa B and TNF-alpha. These are, um, these are uh, compounds that are inside the nucleus of the cell and actually are activated by a lot high levels of um, oxidation or free radicals. So by decreasing inflammation, again, this uh, inhibits the environment that uh, viruses love to replicate in. More importantly, AC11 is one of the few compounds that actually um, can repair double-stranded DNA breaks inside our, our, our nucleus. Uh, and again, this is uh, a big a big thing that happens with cells that are older, but also chronically damaged. Because once the DNA is damaged, then our subgenetic programs aren't able to allow that cell to recover and function like it should. Um, AC11 also has unique abilities in um, extending the cell cycle. That is our RBCs. Um, I mean, our white blood cells are dramatically more effective to fight off infections. Right. Uh, and lastly, and, and one of the most important aspects of AC11 is it induces apoptosis. That means when the cell has, our cells have genetic programs, when there's significant damage to the cell, like happens with a viral infection, the cell's genetic program will cause that cell to rupture and die. Um, and so that's one way of inhibiting the ongoing infection process from uh, viruses, including SARS. So that compound, we, we've also noticed, helps enhance ATP production um, inside cells. So as we get infected with a virus, okay, one of the first cells responses to shut down NAD production. So that doesn't allow the um, virus to replicate efficiently. Now, unfortunately, um, when that happens, 
um, the cell itself is not going to function well. The virus, um, the virus replication rate's lower, but it also inhibits, um, the process inhibits NAD production in the neighboring cells. So one of the things that we, we want to do is enhance NAD production, which is responsible for ATP, which allows our cells to function optimally, particularly our immune cells. So AC11 has all these unique um, uh, you know, attributes, and it's been used for um, decades and decades. It's even anti-tumor, uh, it has an anti-tumor impact. Mm -hmm. So we use uh, AC11 in most of my therapies for my patients because of these unique capacities. And um, in general, it's already been shown to inhibit viral replication of multiple types of viruses as well. So I think it's going to be a, a, an added, uh, another added natural compound to right. help with maintaining cellular health, um, whether we're infected or we're just aging. Mm, that, that's it right there. That's the key part of that. Wow. You know, uh, you know, I've been planning this program, uh, some of you know, for some months to get uh, Dr. Giampapa and Dr. McCullough on here. And, uh, you know, I, I was really looking forward to my expectations were pretty, pretty high on today. But I'll tell you what, we, we've already surpassed them. I, I could not have uh, predicted this any better. I mean, the, and I'm talking about the information, the quality of the of the uh, the dialogue here is is absolutely incredible. So I think the kinds of things we're talking about now are so vital, my friends. And I've been talking about it for years, but you know, because if we don't have our health, we really have nothing. I mean, and we've learned all, and that's the thing about this whole COVID nineteen business. We've learned so much as a people, don't you think? You know, we've learned so much together. Uh, as a people. And, and, uh, but I think at the end of the day, and we've gone through a lot of pain, there's no doubt. I mean, and, and death and things that are, I mean, I, it's horrible. And my heart goes out to so many, but, you know, I ask myself all the time, what will we learn from this? And I think we, we will learn quite a bit actually uh, from this. Uh, and you're seeing some of that today with this broadcast here. I mean, clearly, and that's why I was so excited about this because uh, I knew the, the conversation was going to be there uh, incredibly. So now, one of the things I, I do myself, and I just to share with you briefly, and if you've listened to me, you know, is I get out and walk every day. It's important. And it's just, you know, it's just I tell people to go out and see the trees today. And so some of us are caught in the walls so much. They say, wow, what trees? You know, well, that's exactly it. We get caught into those walls, into those offices and environments, and we're not out. And, you know, and it's really amazing just to walk and, I, I, you know, just the sidewalks of, of life, sidewalks of America, and, and even the people you see. It's just incredible, really. You know, I, I always say, good morning, good morning, people. You know, it's always curious how many people say good morning back and don't, but you know, I'm going to say good morning. You catch me on a sidewalk somewhere. But uh, anyways, I love that. Just getting out and being genuine, being yourself and just walking every day. I encourage you to try to walk between two and five miles a day at least to do that. The other thing, friends, that I do for me is I take healthy cell and uh, I do it because of, of many of the things we're talking about now. But, it, you know, and I knew this before COVID, but I absolutely know it now when they were talking about make sure you have A, D and zinc and echinacea and all these things in you. And well, that's what it is. I take the AMPM product every day. I take um I take uh, uh, the immune super boost. Uh, I take, uh, you know, they, of course, there's other products they have there. Well, the AC11 as well, they have. That's why I, I took a chance and I, I put Dr. Giampapa on the spot about the AC11 thinking, you know, because I know there's some real big benefits of that and things that are going to, uh, we're still discovering in the future here uh, that we can only but benefit by. So anyways, let me just leave that there. But uh, all of our listeners get 20% uh, off your first order uh, with healthycell.com forward slash out loud. 
uh, and uh, or just click the banner ad back at America Out Loud. You know, again, I've been doing this for three and a half years with Healthy Show. Now, you know, probably it's probably about four years now, but now you know why. And this was well before COVID-19. So I'm a real believer in taking care of our bodies and our minds and our health and well-being. And this is this is me. So that's why this fits like a glove into my story and what I'm trying to do. And I want to help other people. Uh, so that's how I, I suggest you do that as well. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause here and we will return with this uh, absolutely uh, COVID and ourselves, a terrific Q&A with Dr. Vincent G. Pumper, Dr. Peter McCullough. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is McCullough Report. Are you tired of your tired vitamins? Consider Healthy Cell. These are pill-free vitamins that are in convenient gel packs. Uh, I like the Focus and Recall supplement. I use this a lot. You know, your brain uses a lot of energy and it depends on a variety of micronutrients and vitamins. Boost your short-term focus and long-term brain power with Healthy Cell's Focus and Recall Vitamins. So go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD, all capital letters, OUTLOUD for a 20% off your first order of any Healthy Cell product. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. There was a time when Americans could rely on the fourth estate. Well, in these challenging times, the media is both reckless and complicit. AmericaOutloud.com. Top analysis from leading experts, articles, podcasts, video, and 24-7 talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Libertyatamericaoutloud.com. We 
we join you back on the voice of a nation it is malcolm out loud here yours truly and thank you for being with me on the mission my friends now remember our program plays weekdays here you catch it 6 p.m eastern time on the america out loud talk radio network uh, there's an encore 10 p.m eastern time and you know we cover everything in life every everything that makes us tick as a people society cultural health politics all of it and uh catch me there weekdays that we play on the iheart radio network uh, so if you go to iheart you have their app just look up america out loud talk radio it catches as the favorite and you'll you'll be in every time we have our own apps as well on apple android or alexa and we get to, my golly tens of thousands a day are signing up for those apps they're free they don't cost you anything but they're terrific and there's a lot of interesting things in there you can um uh, connect with the network right there as well. We also have a great media player. If you go to the listen live button back at americaoutloud.com, we just updated that recently. It's really pretty cool, actually. Uh, and there's some great features on there. Check that out as well, uh, the, the live listen media player. So we're talking here today, COVID and ourselves, uh, this uh, Q&A. I want to dive right into questions now. I want to get into listener questions and um and uh, just continue on here. We're speaking with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough is here and uh, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. Now, for those of you, my listeners that are just joining, Dr. Vincent Giampapa is a cellular agent expert. So when it comes to the health of the cells, he's a perfect one to have talking about this. And of course, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, his program, The McCullough Report, can be heard on America Out Loud Talk Radio, as you know, out there already Saturday and Sundays, 2 p.m. Eastern time. There's an encore at 7 and you'll hear their program on the iHeartRadio network as well here and at America Out Loud. So uh, all the articles and posts and everything else are back at America Out Loud. And thank you. And, and help us get the word out there. Share, share, share. Got to share the, the, the wealth of knowledge and information so we can make the world a better place for sure here. Let's dive into some of these questions. This first one is from Jessica. And she says, uh, I got one dose of Moderna in the spring and I got a fever, body aches for several days right after. I decided not to do the other dose or booster. Well, what we'll be talking about a moment ago. I am now pregnant and I am concerned about the spike proteins, right? See, there it is. My question is, how long are the spike proteins in your body with the Moderna vaccine with that one vaccine does my body fight off the vaccine since i have symptoms after one dose wow dr mccullough that question fits right into what we're talking about here and uh, what do you say to jessica there moderna is 100 micrograms of messenger rna is three times the dose of pfizer so it's the highest dose and we infer the highest amount of spike protein in the human body which is circulatory for at least two weeks as shown by ogata and colleagues uh, what I would say is that I'm hopeful that younger people can clear out the spike protein more rapidly than older people. And I'm following this very carefully in my practice. And so the younger the people are who take the vaccine, I'm not seeing uh, significant effects you know, beyond 90 days or certainly six months or nine months. So I would uh, reassure this uh, listener that a healthy pregnancy is expected. I think it's correct not to take any more injections of the vaccine. We know that each subsequent injection, at least from shot one to shot two, is shown in the briefing booklets of the FDA. There's an 80-fold increased risk of the adverse reaction. So you can imagine how sick she was with the first shot, how, uh, how terrible it would be with the second shot. So no further injections and wish her a safe, healthy pregnancy. Yeah. And, and to the point, Dr. Giampapa, uh, will my, did my body fight off the vaccine since I had the symptoms after one dose? I mean, obviously, Jessica understands the story here. 
uh, what do you think about that? Could you comment on that as well? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, once you have the spike protein there, the body, and this is a young person, obviously, the body's innate immune system um, will kick in even, even though she's had the, um, the vaccine. She also has the backup response that the body will make antibodies to this. And, and frankly, I think, as Dr. McCullough said, she will clear this in, in a number of months at the most. But again, the key thing here is while this, is, this process is going on, um, I think the most important thing is to make sure from a nutrient point of view that her cells um, are in optimal shape, particularly during pregnancy when a lot of nutrients are drawn to the, the developing um, body, the developing baby. So again, uh, having the right doses of vitamin D, uh, vitamin D3 in particular, um, and the other things I mentioned, magnesium, calcium, uh, magnesium, K2, melatonin, these are all things um, and, and, and high doses of antioxidants, which are all the things that should be done in order to um, uh, make sure this person has an ideal um, immune function in general question from uh, uh, Colin. Uh, do you give any weight to the theory that the spike protein of the virus contains a prion-like domain? And have you seen the studies showing prion diseases in monkeys after exposure to COVID? Dr. Peter Hotze, who runs a health and wellness center in Houston, has published on the possibility of prion disease in the brain. We do know the spike protein goes into the brain. I am really hoping. Uh, in fact, I am praying that this is not the case. We have seen some uh, neurologic syndromes are well-described. Uh, Senator Johnson just had his second press briefing on vaccine injuries. It was a doctor there, an orthopedic surgeon who had transverse myelitis of the spine. These are typically autoimmune processes and not those related to prion disease. Prion disease is related to mad cow uh, and other illnesses where there's a protein in the brain, and then that protein itself uh, is directly infectious. There's nothing to suggest right now, although we're getting closer to the possibility that the spike protein is directly infectious. Right now, it appears to be noxious, and the body is trying to remove it. So let's hope we don't have prion disease on the horizon. What we have in the known medical literature on the spike protein is four major areas of injury. Uh, the brain, uh, and that involves both the central and peripheral nervous system, Bell's palsy, Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, transverse myelitis. This is all now actually in the FDA warnings and in the briefing booklets. The heart, myocarditis or heart inflammation, official warnings on Pfizer and Moderna. We have over 10,000 cases of myocarditis coming from the 200 they originally had in June. We have a third area, which is immunologic problems, and that can be a whole array of uh, reactivation illnesses such as Epstein-Barr virus, herpes zoster virus, or shingles. And then the fourth area is hematologic, and there is a syndrome called vaccine-induced thrombocytopenic purpurea, VITT, this in the literature. So Jessica Rose in the American Journal of Public Health of Policy and Law has published the clinical occurrence of these four major areas of injury syndromes. I think each and every one of them uh, need to be carefully looked at and I think each and every one of them have some nutritional opportunities for both prevention and active treatment. 
Okay. This next one is from Marie. Uh, she says, could you please comment on the safety and efficacy of the new Novavax C-19 vaccine, which is due out at the end of the year? Will it have full FDA approval or EUA, do you think? Is the spike protein contained in this vaccine of concern? What do you think, Dr. McCullough? I'll take that, uh, you know, the June New England Journal of Medicine publication on the registrational trials of Novavax looked good. And with the legacy variants, uh, the wild type alpha, beta, and some gamma, it looked good. It had 90% vaccine efficacy. It's five micrograms of the spike protein in a matrix. Uh, they had looked at both five and 25 microgram doses. Five micrograms was chosen. So it looks like a limited spike protein um, exposure, similar to like a limited tetanus shot. We're exposed to tetanus toxoid protein in a limited dose. The arm was very sore. I looked at the data carefully, a very sore arm, actually probably more sore than Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J, but free of systemic side effects. So I'm very hopeful for Novavax. It was supposed to be out in July. Then we heard delays from a manufacturing perspective. Let's hope it comes out at the end of the year with all the resources we have. If we have a safer vaccine, we've got to get it out there. But I still think if it's out there, its role should be very limited for our senior citizens and those nursing home workers, nothing beyond that. You know, vaccinating the entire population, Malcolm, has actually led to disaster because now we have dominant strains, including the Delta variant, which is found to be resistant to um, Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J. Let's hope that Novavax can actually provide some coverage on Delta. And with limited vaccination, we can get through the pandemic. So you believe the Novavax uh, will not have that, that spike protein problem then? Well, it's going to be external to cells. The body will still have to clean it up. Mm -hmm. But unlike Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J, you know, the spike protein production with the genetic vaccines is uncontrolled. It's uncontrolled in quantity and it's uncontrolled in terms of duration. Here with Novavax, it's going to be a controlled exposure in both dose and duration. Okay. All right. And um, so this next one is from Kevin. In theory, uh, would taking an antiviral prior to the COVID vaccine help limit the damage the spike protein might do to my veins or heart? Hmm. I'm being forced by my employer to get the jab, even though I tested positive for antibodies and I am anemic. Um, uh, my uh, general practitioner won't sign any accommodation for a lot of options. So what, what do you think about this antiviral prior to the COVID vaccine, Dr. McCullough? Boy, it's a sad time when we have to try to devise prophylactic strategies against a forced vaccine that's unsafe and it's ineffective. It's hard to imagine we have to come up with, in a sense, an antidote against a vaccine that we don't need or don't want. Um, I can tell you so far, there's nothing that we uh, can come up with that we think makes a difference. People have tried all different things, including hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, to try to reduce uh, the intake of the genetic material, uh, N-acetylcysteine, a variety of substances to try to prevent spike protein damage. Uh, the best way to stay healthy, Malcolm, is don't take the vaccine. Then you don't have to do all of this work. People are taking the vaccine for social and non-medical reasons. And everybody should understand that medical decisions should be made based on clinical indications, not on social duress or on, um, on limitations or attempting to try to limit freedoms. By the way, nobody knows what the social contract is. When they take a vaccine and they ask me, I get this every day, Dr. McCullough, I need to take a vaccine for work. I said, well, what are you going to get out of this? Three months of work, six months, 12 months. I can tell you in Israel, when we're following their pathway, you know, the vaccine only gives you six months of freedom and then you return to unvaccinated status. Yeah. See, that's the thing. We're, we're making decisions that are impacting our lives 
Uh, and these decisions, uh, they they go on. I mean, there's something we'll have to live with or die with versus like Dr. McCullough just puts it out there perfectly. What are you doing then for three months or six months of your job or something else? Uh, Dr. Giampapa, speak about that a moment. I mean, I haven't really asked you that. Uh, what is your what is your feeling about the vaccines, first of all? And uh, and have you ever considered yeah. it yourself? Yeah. So, you know, I think <clears throat> this question about vaccines uh, should be a personal choice, not a mandated choice, number one. And I think the more educated you get, uh, certainly listening to Dr. McCullough's information that he's put out, really raises questions about, you know, what's what's an appropriate dose or who's an appropriate candidate for a vaccine. I mean, my personal opinion is <clears throat> I, I try to keep my, my body, my cells as strong as possible based on the latest information that we have published on how cells age <clears throat> and how we can keep ourselves functioning uh, in a more um, immune strength state. So I think that, um, look, in older people with comorbidities, I, I think it's something that you know, is a potential for them to make a positive decision on. But the vast majority of people who are not ill, even if they are older, they have no comorbidities, they live a relatively healthy lifestyle. I mean, I think that there are ways to, to dramatically decrease the potential of being infected with natural compounds and reinforcing our body's both genetic and stem cell potential to keep us healthy without vaccines. Yeah. Um, you know, what you say there is uh, something we've been preaching from the beginning, early treatment, early treatment, early treatment, yeah. and getting these things into your system before you succumb to, you know, all of these experimental uh, projects and vaccines they're pushing on the public. And you're right. I mean, What's happening around the world, uh, Dr. Giampapa, is uh, it's it's alarming. Uh, it, you know, we, we're just talking about Australia, but it's alarming what's happening all, all around the world. What do you um, this this whole notion? I mean, the, the mandated, like you say, forcing it. I don't think anybody should be for that. But yet a lot a lot of people in the medical community, a lot of doctors and a lot of they have they have succumbed to this and they are out there pushing these. And I'll just tell you, just in the last many days, I've had many people tell me they, you know, they're they're being enforced and their doctors they're over I, here's what here's what really gets me on this they're they're coming back from you know typically very credible doctors very credible sources and they're saying well you know they're really pushing me to get the vaccine mm -hmm. and like they and they say it with such an emphasis uh, i think people are not only being intimidated they're being forced uh they're being hijacked and uh i mean it's a sad state of affairs isn't it i mean getting the vaccine this vaccine was effective, like most vaccines in the past, where you get a shot or at, at the most two, but you get a shot where it creates long-term immunity. That would be one thing. <clears throat> My big concern is having to take repeated doses every six months or, or a specific period of time where this impact of the vaccine wears off. Why is that a problem? Because every time we get vaccinated, <clears throat> we use up our, our, our body's potential to make more immune cells. And that has to do with our stem cell pool. We're all born with a fixed number of stem cells. The more we stimulate, particularly hematopoietic stem cells, to, 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 to respond to a vaccine, the quicker that stem cell pool is used up, which means in the long run, and um, we're starting to see some impact on this, in the long run, our immune system will potentially get weaker and weaker with repeated mm. doses. Wow. And one of the interesting facts are people who've been vaccinated uh, with two shots um, are still getting um, are yeah. still getting reinfected. Yeah. And the question here is, 
Why is that? It, and there's some initial evidence that multiple vaccinations may actually decrease your immune responses or your, or your immune potential. And so what's going to happen after, particularly if we're looking at Australia, if you're going to get seven shots every X number of months, mm-hmm. we're using up our hematopoietic stem cells and our, our future immune defense. So where is this going to lead? Um, it doesn't look like it, it, this is going to be a good, uh, good state of affairs. No, I mean, that's, that's exactly it. He was saying, uh, I mean, like, uh, they're talking like 14 different vaccines. Uh, I mean, 14 times they're saying, uh, he was just saying in Australia. I mean, that's incredibly remarkable. It's almost like, you know, I mean, I hear people say all the time, Dr. G and Bubba, like, are they trying to kill off the population or something? I mean, I know that gets a little radical, but it, it does, it does kind of warp the mind a bit, doesn't it? You know, when they keep well, pushing this and there's no good that can come out of it uh, that I can see. It certainly raises questions in a lot of people's minds about what's what is the real underlying reason for this. Um, And yes, look, um, if we had no vaccine right now, um, we would have developed immunity, herd immunity and and immunity that lasts longer than the vaccine. Most of these vaccine shots do dramatically longer. Mm. Now, would that have been a better way? Yes, we would have lost a lot of people who are ill or had comorbidities, but we've lost so many anyway. And the question here is, um, what is the right approach to this? And it's a big question. I think no one really knows right now. But my big concern is what's going to happen three, four, five years down the line to people who've had three, four, five, six shots of a vaccine? Well, we know when you're immunostressed, you become immunocompromised over time. And so really what we're ending up doing is overstressing the immune system to make more antibodies and more antibodies. That's number one. But then what is the impact of the spike proteins on each one of our organ systems? Just like Dr. McCullough just said, our brain, our heart, our uh, clotting systems. Um, What is going to be the impact of producing that exceptionally large amounts of, um, of the spike protein that's going to be circulating? Uh, throughout our bodies for a long time. Now, a normal vac- a normal viral infection doesn't create that situation. Wow, it's it's uh, it just bends the mind here. The more and more we find out about this, uh, let me get this question in from Julie. Uh, yeah. Is there any way to detox at a cellular mm-hmm. level after receiving the COVID nineteen vaccine? I heard a doctor talk about uh, doing a fast and water only, but cannot find any articles of the yeah. doctor that I heard doing this. So, talking about detoxing at a cellular level, what do you yeah. think about that? Well, there's multiple ways to detox at a cellular level, but uh, when we're talking about detoxification, we're talking about removing um, you know, components that are within our cells and our, our, cell, uh, our cells and body in general that, um, can't, that we can normally do with fasting. That does help, okay? Fasting also helps with autophagy, which is the process where um, our body will remove damaged or infective cells, infected cells. AC11, again, is one of the most important compounds we, we know of to, to remove um, infected and damaged cells because it induces another stronger component of uh, or potential that we have in our cells called apoptosis. Um, and by removing damaged cells, including cells that are damaged with viruses, bacteria, or genetic material, that helps strengthen our body in general. So as far as just um, 
fasting and other things, these are all things that are good, but we have to be careful that we don't take it to the extreme because then you can actually decrease your immune function as well. But so I would look for natural compounds like AC11 that are capable of inducing this process called apoptosis or autophagy. Uh, autophagy is basically getting um, recycling the, the components of cells that are damaged so they, those intra, intracellular organs, organelles can be used more efficiently in other cells. And there are natural compounds, rice bran extracts, a product called spermidine is an extremely effective and clinically documented product to help with autophagy. And these are, this is really detoxification at the cellular level. Mm -hmm. So I would look more for that. Um, okay. look, look into th those two types of products. Okay. What, what we're talking right now about is so important. And I, and I, I need to circle back on something, uh, Dr. Jim Papa, you're saying, let me under, make sure I understand this. Now I get a lot of people uh, that let's say, okay. So they're, let's say whatever they they, they believe they're forced to get the vaccine. And again, nobody should be in that position, first of all, to lose whatever jobs, careers, families, lives, education, things like that. Schools are mandating it, all of this nonsense. Um, but a lot of people, if they get it, they're asking what if they like, sort of like this last question from Julia say, well, what could I do? Uh, back to, I like the way she put it, detox at a cellular level. But in other words, how do they get that spike protein back out of the system? How to get out of the body? How do you what are ways I can, uh, you know, uh, kind of circumvent the system? How can I, in other words, go along with this social contract people think they have to yeah. do for whatever reason. And then they, you know, and this is interesting because, and, and to really focus on this moment. So are you saying, are you saying that the AC 11 would be a help to that? Uh, yes. And I'm going to, let me explain. Wow. This. Wow. So yes, I am. And I'm saying, because, you know, we know that about every three to four months, right. Every, believe it or not, every piece of our DNA, our base pairs is recycled. So every three or four months, we have new DNA, okay? Mm -hmm. So if we can limit the damage to, to DNA that happens with any infection, particularly a viral infraction, if we can for three or four months do everything we can to maintain healthy DNA inside our cells, um, we have the potential to clear out these pieces of genetic material that have been placed into the cell by every three to four months, if we really focus on cutting down the levels of inflammation, increasing DNA repair, having the cell accessible to the key nutrients it needs to repair and restore its original state. And it all happens inside the nucleus. It all happens inside each one of the hundred trillion cells we have with six feet of DNA. If you unwound the DNA and say inside each cell, there's six feet of DNA that literally gets replaced every three to four months. So we have that potential in, in a very brief period of time to, to potentially undo what the genetic additions have been made into our cells and clear that out. That's it right there. Undo. I, I love what you say there. And a lot of people want to undo exactly what you're coming on. This is crazy. Yeah. This is really, I hope everybody is really, this is, this is significant. What, I mean, I had no idea that, that this could be done on this level. Number one. I, so I love that question from Julie. Let me, let me end and ask you this as an end in yeah. thought here, Dr. G and Papa. You know, so with all of this set now, uh, with everything we tried to do here to get this information out on our network, our platform, and we think about how it's changed us as a people. Uh, what do you think, you know, five years from now, what are the lessons we take from this pandemic? 
Well, I think the lessons we're going to learn from here is <clears throat> nature is a lot smarter than we are. <laughs> and I think when we think as human beings, we can, we're smarter than what evolution has created um, a, a, an amazing human body with amazing abilities to, to maintain its health if it's treated correctly. Mm -hmm. I, I think that we're going to find that uh, we're going to learn a lot and it's going to be more on the negative side about introducing uh, new genetic material into the human body. I think epigenetics is a the process where our body learns to change the activity of genes due to our, the environment it's placed into. And I think there's a whole new science here that's going to allow us to uh, with uh, actually alter what genes are positive, what genes are negative, without having to replace those genes. And I think that's where we're going to be moving in the near future, not only just for disease processes, but how we age and how we can stay healthier longer. And a lot of this has to do with um, using natural compounds, uh, changing the stress levels in our lives, mm -hmm. and also learning basically to um, go along, learn more about how nature has created an ideal human body and how to restore that. Big thank you to Dr. Vincent Giampapa, Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, what a program, my friends. What a program. COVID and ourselves. Wow. I, I, I don't know about you, but it, it surely surpassed my expectations. I mean, it, this was mind-bending in a good way. Uh, and I hope you got as much out of this. I, this is this is wild. You'll want to replay this when it goes back to when it gets on podcast. Um, if you're listening to this on talk radio, give it about a day and a half. It'll be on podcast uh, before the end of the week, and you'll be able to get it right at America Out Loud. Uh, incredible conversation here. You know, being proactive, there's so many things we can do. I've learned so much about this AC11, which I really didn't know about before. Now I'm like really souped about it. I mean, really souped about it, as well as everything else we've just discovered. And I'm more convinced than ever that, my golly, why would anybody want to get one of these vaccines and put more of these spike proteins in our bodies? I mean, the whole thing is like, uh, you know, double jeopardy, isn't it? You know, I mean, you have to question sometimes what what is really going on and pushing this on to people. And to our Australian friends, God bless you. I'll tell you, I, uh, my heart goes out to you, what you folks are having to put up with out there. We're having to put it up with out here, put it up here in the States as well. But I know you folks have really been through a lot and uh, we love our Australian brothers and sisters out there. So uh, God bless you all as well. My friends, this was extraordinary program. We will absolutely have Dr. Vincent Giampapa back again. This, I mean, tell me you didn't get so much out of that. And of course, Dr. Peter McCullough, just love, love, love Dr. McCullough. And the work he's doing here at America Out Loud is absolutely incredible. We're blessed to have him here as part of our team. Uh, it's all back at America Out Loud. We'll see you there. And in the meantime, stay healthy, stay young. Remember to get out and see those trees again as well. And also remember, it's time to get involved and get loud.